I'm just thankful this morning, Pastor Jared, that I know he thought he possibly would be out of town and to have this opportunity to bring the word this morning. And thankful for all of you, each of you that are here this morning. Amen. And I'm thankful what God's doing in this land and in this day, in this season, and in this hour that we live. I know um, I've already had the COVID just a couple of months ago, so I don't believe that's what I have, but it's almost just like an attack during the middle of the night on my throat and my body and just almost like a, a silence that the enemy's tried to just to silence me from ministering the word this morning. And I've never really paid much of attention to Amos. I think I've heard one message in my entire life preached on the first three scriptures, and that was here in this church several years ago, Pastor Hobbs. But about two months ago, I was just sitting in my living room one morning and just praying, and the Lord just put it in my heart to go look at the book of Amos. That's the only way I know how to explain it. And God has just had this scripture in me over the last several weeks, and just I knew that there would be a time possibly to preach it, did not know how, it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but thank God that he does know, and over the last few weeks, and certainly this week, it's just something that I could not get away from, and I knew that God wanted to take us there this morning. Amen. I just believe that we're living in a season and an hour that God wants to move in such a supernatural way, that God wants to send revival to our land. Amen. But I believe that the church is going to have to recognize repentance in our hearts, amen, for us to get to that place, amen. I'm going to talk this morning, if God will help me, about the holiness of God, amen, and being holy and what God desires for us to be in this day and hour. I thank God for His grace and His mercy. Without it, I wouldn't be standing before you this morning. Amen. But I also realize that God is a holy God and He commands us to be holy as He is holy. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning and let's go before the Lord. We'll read just a few scriptures. I want to read Amos verses, chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 and then we're going to read 10 through 12. Amos chapter 8, have you found your place? Say Amen. I got a lot of scripture this morning that I want to read, so I want you to follow along with me if you're taking notes and the best of your ability to go with us as we read these scriptures throughout the morning. Amos chapter 8, the Bible says this, Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, The end is come upon my people of Israel, and I will not again pass by them anymore. That's a scary scripture to me this morning, church. And the songs of the temple shall be howlings. And in that day, saith the Lord God, there shall be many dead bodies in every place, and they shall cast them forth with his silence. Look at verse 10. And I will turn your feasts into mourning. All your songs into lamentation. I will bring you up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the morning of an only son and the end thereof as a bitter day. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, but listen to this church. Not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, from the north even unto the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Help us pray this morning. Father, we come to you, Lord, in the mighty, precious name of Jesus. God, I recognize this morning that the enemy has certainly fought this service and he's fought my life all night. But God, I come boldly before the throne room of grace this morning. God, and ask for your help, God. I ask for the anointing to fall on deaf ears, God, and in this house, Lord. Oh, God, I pray that you would awaken and stir our hearts, God, and we'll be sure to return the glory to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for standing with us this morning. In the Bible that we just read in those scriptures, Amos was a prophet who spoke against social injustice and, and religious arrogance in this day and in this time. He warned the people of Israel of an upcoming disaster that would reflect God's judgment on the nation. You see, judgment is a misfortune or a calamity viewed as divine punishment. 
Judgment also can mean an official result in a courtroom. Amen. Listen, when the judge strikes the gavel and says your sentence is whatever it is, 8 years, 10 years, 15 years, that means that judgment has been handed down to that person that sits before the judge. Many of us have sat there before and before and awaited our sentence. Amen. You see, Jesus Christ, though He is a lamb, amen, and though He does give us grace and mercy in our life, amen, He is also a lion. And there's coming a day of judgment to each and every one of us, amen, and a judgment to the land. You see, this prophet Amos prophesied over this nation that there was judgment that was looming if the people did not turn back to God and I'll stand before you this morning church and tell you this if this nation does not turn towards God again and fall on their faces and repent once again we will be facing judgment in this nation amen but the Bible tells us that such as things were they will also be again and I believe this morning that we're standing in perilous times as the Bible describes and that we're faced with a decision this morning. Now I know that we don't like messages about judgment and doom and gloom and etc. Amen. And I don't like them either. I wasn't excited about the scriptures and I wasn't excited about preaching this word this morning. But I know that I have a place. Amen. And I have to answer to the Father for what I say when I take this sacred desk behind this pulpit and I'll give an answer to what I preach. Amen. Last Sunday I mentioned that in the Jewish calendar year that the festivals began and there was ten days of repentance and those ten days end this week on Monday amen it is the holiest day of the year according to the Jewish calendar this holy day is about putting the nation back on track with God's will and seeking his forgiveness for going astray amen it's about his, it starts with each and every one of us on an individual basis amen if the nation's going to turn to God it's going to be because the church repents of its sins amen it gets right before God and when the church begins to be right the home will be right the school will be right amen and everything will follow suit after that listen to me this morning don't you sit on your seat and pass this word back to your neighbor the Holy Ghost of God dealt with my spirit this morning and throughout the week and he said don't you sit there and think that that church is holy don't you sit there and say that that church is perfect there's sin in the camp and I'm about to expose this morning because I'm a holy God and those who follow after me will be holy in this day and hour don't you throw it back to your neighbor it's easy for us to do well that ain't for me I'll give it to them I want us to examine our hearts this morning I want us to examine this morning what we're facing in these days and hours to come there can be no national repentance until there is individual repentance. Amen. Our repentance and our cry to God during this time is of the utmost of importance. That judgment of our land, our nation, and our lives are certainly looming in this day and hour. I don't want to be labeled as a doom and gloom preacher, but what I must do is sound the alarm of what God has placed in my heart and what He's been saying to me. And He has been saying, if my church will repent if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray amen it's a season church that we've entered in like no other before it's time for us to cry out to God I can tell you this the Holy Ghost began to deal with my heart about two weeks ago about looking at my own self and seeing where I walk you know it's easy just to say oh man I've got it going on I've got everything together there's no place in my life that the Lord needs to look at or deal with but as I begin to look a little bit closer at my own life God begin to say son there's things in your heart that you better repent of because if you do not uh, you're going to walk in a, in a place that I haven't called you to walk and the blessings of my life won't be upon you. And I begin to examine my heart and my life and look at the things going on. And I can tell you, when we'll humble ourselves and we'll begin to ask God to show us things in our lives out of His love and His grace and His mercy, He'll show us things in our hearts that we're to repent of because He's about to bring us into a fresh place. Amen. 
In the book of Isaiah, I read the scripture last week, 55, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says this, Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Listen to me. If the Bible says that you're to return then that means that you have turned before, right? He's not just talking to the world. I believe he is. He said the wicked and the righteous are to forsake their way. This is the scripture that they use in the Jewish holidays. Amen. To tell the nation to look at themselves and to the, those that are not following after Christ to look at their lives of sin and repent. But he's telling us in this very same scripture church to return. Amen. To look at our lives. That means to those that sit upon the church pews, that call upon on the name of the Lord. That's for those that follow after him. Not just everybody else in the world. It's for the church to examine their lives and repent of their sins. It says return unto the Lord and he will have mercy. We're walking and living in a day of mercy and grace. Amen. It is the time and the season of Jesus Christ the Lamb. Amen. But the judgment, the lion will come forth if this nation doesn't repent of her sins. God wants to purge his church in this day and hour. He's tired of a life that's lived half in and half out. Amen. He's tired of a, of a people that claim to be saved. But at the whole time, we're living with sin in our hearts and lives. Amen. I can tell you, church, it's time that we stop allowing the things of our lives, the world and the lifestyles around us to infiltrate our lives as Christians. Amen. It's time to take a stand against sin. Amen. If you get aggravated and get frustrated every time something comes up in your life, you fuss and cuss, kick the cat, the dog, and one another. Let me tell you, and you cuss one another out in the mornings, and then you want to come to church and say, I love Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is the holy God, and that's sin in your life. You need to examine yourself. Amen. There's too many people that claim that Jesus has saved them and done something in their life and they live a filthy life. There's nothing about holiness in a tongue that speaks that kind of garbage. Nothing about holiness. God don't have to, we don't have to live in that garbage church. It's time for us to come out. If we want to walk, watch things on our phone and we're behind closed doors, if we're going to be filtrated with pornography, listen, I'm not going to name every sin in the book, but I'm telling you there's sin in the camp, amen. And it's time for us to allow the Holy Ghost to expose those sins in our lives. People claim... They get saved, amen, when they was a child or whatever, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and they never talked to Jesus again. They have no relationship with him. How can we say that we love Jesus? If I would have married my wife and told her that day I loved her and never talked to her again, you'd think we'd still be together 25 years later? No, that's the same way Jesus feels about us, amen, when we say we love him and we never talk to him or have any intimacy with him. Jesus deserves more than that, church. He paid a brutal price on Calvary. He died for your sins and mine. If we're going to claim to be Christians, then let's live this life, amen, that's holy and pleasing unto him. God desires to purge his church. In the Bible, in the book of Amos, the scriptures we read in verses 1 through 3 out of 8, we read about a basket of fruit. However, the meaning of this basket of fruit, it's not at all obvious, at the least in the English culture and language. And we struggle to see the connection many times of what God is trying to relay through Amos. But the end has certainly come upon my people Israel. That's what he says. Why? Why is God saying this? What is he trying to say through this prophet Amos? I will not pass again by them anymore. God is saying I have spared my people Israel 
in earlier times, but I have no intention on sparing them now. Did you hear what I said? The lion is about to put his gavel down and say judgment is coming to a people, to a nation. I can tell you that Israel is God's certain people. Amen. Wouldn't you say that this morning? If God could look at Israel in that time and say, I've had enough of your sins. I'm about to put judgment down. Who do we think we are in America? Who do we think we are in the church today? Amen. It's time to arise, church, and begin to fall on our faces in repentance and humiliation and say, God, help me this morning. Has God come to this place in the Church of America today? <laughs> to the nation that he says this, I'm not obligated to pass by them anymore. I have given enough. Would you say that Jesus has given you enough this morning, church? He gave us enough on Calvary, didn't he? If he never did anything else. He bought us and redeemed us. By the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary. He paid the ultimate price. He did everything. He said at that moment, it is finished. He didn't have to do anything else anymore. But we're a people that many times forget the place where we came from. Listen to me. You better look back at your life this morning on the worst place that you was in your life when you found this. You better not forget where this Jesus has brought you out of and brought you from. I know where I was at when Jesus found me. I know the misery that I was in. And if he never did anything else for me, he saved me that day. And he saved me, filled me, and he set my feet upon the rock his son Jesus Christ and if he's did that for you this morning he's not obligated to have to do anything else but we always tie Jesus to something knowing well God you gotta do this God you gotta do that God, no he don't out of his love he does many times for us amen but he doesn't have to do anything else he has paid the price on Calvary that basket of summer fruit may it represent a harvest that's ready but the people of God, not ready. A harvest that's ready, set before us. This world is ripe right now. Amen for a people. But are we ready? As Brother Jared said, we know they're coming. We know they're coming. Are we ready to deal with them? Are we ready to lead them into that place of salvation? Are we ready to tutor them and to guide them and to disciple them into a place where they can make it on this walk with Jesus? Are we ready this morning, church, for what's coming ahead? That basket of summer fruit also represents a time of now. If you don't eat it, what happens to that fruit? It'll spoil. It'll go back. God has set a basket of fruit before us this day, church. God has set a basket of fruit before us. It's time for us to eat of the land that he has provided for us. Amen. This church is a beacon right now in the land. Amen. There's a light shining that's reaching all across. Why do you think people are driving from all over the place to get here? It's because they know that there's a light shining. There's a gospel being preached. There's a love being poured out among his people. There's a power. There's a place I can come and lay my life down for Christ Jesus thank God we have that here he goes on to say in verse 3 the songs in the temple will give way to wailings you see their praises their hallelujahs will turn to sorrows that's what the Bible said he said there'll be dead bodies in every place He's prophesying of a great military defeat that is approaching in the feast. In fact, this happens in just a few years after Amos' prophecy. The Assyrians win a great battle with Israel. But what alarms me more than that this morning about physical dead bodies laying in the streets of a death sentence upon them from military action. There's a spiritual death that's taking place in the churches today. If we don't hear from God this morning, 
children in this house and repent. Amen. In this great country in America, those of you listening on the internet and across the airways, if we can't find a place to repent, amen, there is sin. If there's sin in our lives and we want to continue walking and carrying that sin with us, there will be an eternal spiritual death that will take our souls to the pits of hell. Listen, Pastor preached last Sunday, amen, about hell and the place that we would go if we continue to live in wickedness, amen. And I appreciate that because I like to hear, amen, I want to stay on the straight and narrow. I know many churches despise to hear anything that would conflict their lives of living how they want to live and walking how they want to walk. But I'm not concerned about that this morning. What I am concerned about is when I look across heaven and I see your beautiful face there after we've been raptured out of here hallelujah I don't want to miss not one person I want us all to be there Jesus he goes on to say in verse 10 I will turn your feast into mornings this means the turning of the good times into bad times Mornings and lamentations are how we respond when a loved one dies unexpectedly, unexplainably. We could be in the midst of the greatest joy, but sudden death of someone that we love would bring great grief and sorrow. That's what the prophet Amos is likening this day to. Listen to me, the church in America has been in great days, in times of thinking uh, everything's okay, I've got everything just like I wanted, but the Bible puts it this way in the book of Revelation when Jesus Christ himself addressed that church of Sardis he said I know thy works thou has a name that thou livest but thou art dead I said Jesus Christ wasn't talking to the sinner on the street he was addressing his church I believe the church is living in a day and an hour where Jesus Christ was desired to speak to his body once again and you say you're living the life you claim you've got everything thing but I want to tell you you're dead spiritually you're dead spiritually you have no life you have no hope you have no relationship with me you're dead in your sin you want to continue walking in your sin you like the place that you're living in you continue to say I'm okay I'm going to church I got everything just like I wanted the world's been good to you the paycheck's been good to you the bank's been good to you you got a nice house but where are you going to spend eternity this morning your name is tagged life that lives Christ, would he look at you this morning? Would he look at you and say, you're dead? You say you got everything, but you're dead. I was telling Jesus just two weeks ago, oh God, how good I am. How good I got it. Everything is going my way. Examine that life, boy. Examine. What are you talking about, Jesus? I'm the associate pastor at that church. I've got it going. Examine that heart. You got bitterness in that heart, boy. You're judgmental against your pastor, son. You're judgmental against those loved ones that you claim are, 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 are there and that you claim to love so much in that house. You're judge- you got a critical spirit in you, boy. I'm telling you, I opened my heart. It, it burnt me. I was, I, was, I was walking or jogging up here one morning, early one morning, going by that wood line. God began to deal with this old boy's heart. And I begin to repent. I begin to repent. I said, God, I didn't even see this about me. You see what happens when God speaks to us in those precious moments and he begins to show us something about us. If we don't do anything about that, we begin to carry it around with us and it begins to infect us and infestate us and it begins to grow. If we don't allow God through the Holy Ghost to squish that when he points it out, then it becomes a deadly sin to us and it begins to grow. And it begins to fester. And it begins to get uglier and uglier. And we turn it around with us. I may not name what your problem is this morning. But I believe the Holy Ghost this morning that sent me to this place is going to speak to your heart. He's going to put his finger on some places this morning and he's going to say, Son, there's some things, daughter. There's some things, child. There's some things that I desire to you to put before me this morning and confess to me. 
those great days of America and the churches have been shut down, haven't they? When Jesus turns our songs into lamentations, we, can, we cannot enjoy the songs any longer. When you come to church and the praise and worship team is magnifying God and you look up here and you see and you say, my God, look at them. The anointing's on their life. They're flowing in the spirit and all you can do is sit back there and lament in your heart because you know there's something that's keeping you from entering into the presence of God Almighty. You see, we can't enjoy the music. We can't wait till they stop singing. We can't wait till enough's enough. All we can and do is express the feeling of the mourning uh, that's in our heart and the weeping uh, and the bitterness. Uh, I can tell you this morning church, Jesus Christ desires for us uh, to fall down before him. Uh, amen and repent of the things uh, that have easily beset us. There's sin in the camp uh, and God has sent me here this morning to expose it through the Holy Ghost of God. It's time to repent church. It's time to repent. I want to read verse 11 again to you. Behold, the days come. Amos 8 says the Lord that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread nor of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, from the north even to the east, and shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord. But they shall not find it. You see, in biblical days, there was famines were common. It was brought about by lack of rain, plagues on the land, insects, military sieges. The author of Lamentations said it this way, those who are killed by the sword are better than those who are killed with hunger. But this famine that I'm addressing this morning that we're reading about, it's not a famine of food or water, but it's a famine of the precious word of the living God. This is the most catastrophic famine that could possibly come into any person's life. You hear me this morning, church? We're blessed beyond measure. Amen. Anytime any person fills this pulpit, amen, in this church, they preach to you the truth of the living God and they do it with the conviction and the power of the Holy Ghost to the best of their ability. I didn't say they was perfect people. Neither are any of you this morning. But I can tell you this word is precious. Amen. And the power that's preached behind is precious. The anointing that goes forth is precious. There's a famine in much of the land today. Amen. There's a famine, a catastrophic famine of the word of God that truth of God, the power of God and the anointing of God that comes from many pulpits. What has happened to the church of America during the plague of 2020 of COVID, a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. Now listen, I brought my mask in here this morning or a mask I found. I'm not going to do this in an ugly way this morning. I understand why people are wearing masks. Okay, I've had the virus. My wife had it very bad. I know how real it is and how serious it is. I'm not trying to make it sound like I don't this morning. But I can tell you this morning, I've preached this gospel this morning without a mask up until this point. Everything in this room is kind of the way I live. I can't really speak the way I want to speak. I can't breathe if I try to wear this. I'm not trying to make light of it. If you need to wear 
so the word can't come forth. Matter of fact, they'll just shut the doors and they won't be able to hear the There's a difference in hearing the word of the Lord in the church and sitting at your house. right way that Jesus intended it. There's a famine in the hearing of the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord in most places has been diluted. Has no anointing, no power. The man of God's dead. The church is dead. It's religious activity to make us feel better about our lives with no conviction, don't you preach on sin, don't you preach on the blood, don't you tell me I'm living wrong, you let me live my life how I want to, the church is in a famine, and the Holy Ghost so desires to burst through in this famine. You see, there's one thing I'll say about this church, it's this, up to this point, there's a fountain that's flowing. There's bread being offered to eat. You see, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3 and 1 that the word of the Lord was precious in those days. I I can tell you, church, uh, when you sit upon this kind of preaching that takes place service after service after service in this church, uh, you don't realize that all around you in this world, there's a famine. There's a famine in the land that the word of God is not being preached. And you sit here, you pull your chair up to this table, and you're fed at this church. You're not in a famine, but there's people that you know that's in a famine. I'm not knocking any church. I'm not knocking anyone. But I can tell you, I can see it. I see the way the world's going, that the truth of the word of God is lacking. There's a famine in the land. When you sit at the table and you get fed every day, you won't know about a famine. You never get hungry because that word, you pull up to the table, Sister Tammy, when you go to that church and you get fed, you can forget if you're not careful. All around you, there's a famine in the land. There's a famine of the word. He pointed, he said, I'm going to allow a famine. I believe that God Almighty has allowed a famine to come to this land, to come to the church. I never knew this scripture was in the Bible. I had no idea that any of this was in the Bible until about two months ago. And I said, God, why are you showing me this? What is this for? I can tell you, church, God has allowed a famine to come to the church. He didn't want it to. He didn't tell the pastor to let that famine come. But when that pastor pulled back and was controlled by the people in the pews that was tithing, then that man of God began to pull back and tickle their ear and say them what they wanted to hear. And they didn't present this gospel in the way that Jesus Christ died for it to be preached. I can tell you, a famine came into that church. You better thank God this morning right now that you're not in a church where there's a famine taking place. You better give him praise right now, I said, church. He's worthy. Listen to me. Also, at that same time, when you pull your table up to feast every day, don't sit here and get spoiled. You can get spoiled. You get fat and sassy if you sit around the table where the food's coming out and you won't appreciate it no more. You don't. You see, when I get out there away from the house and I have to eat fast food all the time, I can really be a thankful man. I got a wife that cooks as good as she does. I said, I like my wife to be a good cook. I like to eat good food. I don't like hearties all the time. I don't like that secondary mess. I like to sit down. It, I said, when I go off somewhere, it makes me realize that I don't have that I have some good cooking at home, brother Chris. There's not a famine at my house. It makes me appreciate it. We better make sure this morning that we appreciate what God's doing in this house, church. Don't you sit here. Don't you allow the the, the spoils to come and make you feel like that you're going to get spoiled. It'll make you realize when you get away from here that it's good. Turn back with me now. Chapter 5. Let's look at these three verses. Chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. Oh, this this is a prophet... Amos has allowed God to speak through him. Listen to what he writes down here. 
Excuse me. I hate. Listen. I hate. I despise your feast days. My God. I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offering of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs. For I will not hear the melody of thy vows. You ask yourself this question today. I'm going to come back to this in just a minute. Is this plague from God? Has God allowed this plague? And has God used this plague? We've all been affected one way or another if you're sitting under the sound of my voice by this coronavirus. You know somebody or you've been affected yourself. So we realize that it's real. But I want to read something to you. Flip back with me another page. Amos chapter 3. Let's look at this verse right here. Verse number 6. Listen to this. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city? And the people not be afraid. Shall there be evil in a city? Hath the Lord not done it? I read the NIV. If you've got the NIV, look down at your notes. This is the commentary. At the bottom of the page it said this. This verse means that God himself would be sending judgment to Israel. If we can sit here this morning and say that God would never judge America, you better wake up and read your Bible, church. I said God himself is going to judge Israel. He'll judge his people today the same. Isn't it interesting? He said, I hate, I despise your feast days in verse 21 of 5. I despise your feast days. I will not smell in your assemblies. What did we say last week? Israel will not be allowed to celebrate the feast this year. God said you get to a place where it does not give me what I desire in my nostrils anymore. If you won't listen to the word being preached, if you won't repent, if you're going to be stubborn and continue your way, then I will not allow you to continue the feasts. I will not allow you to continue to go to the house of God. What has COVID done? I hate, I despise your feast days. Israel, not to be allowed to celebrate. Look at part B of verse 21. And I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. What did Pastor Jared say? I think it was last week he was preaching. Can you smell oil? Can you smell Jesus, can you smell his presence? Have you ever smelled Jesus? You asked us that. What did he just say? I will not smell. You see, when we begin to omit the preaching of God's truth and his word, when we, when we begin to not pay attention to what's being preached out of the pulpits anymore, he says, you won't smell my presence anymore. You see, because God's holy and He don't have any part of sin. Now, He loves sinners, but He expects sinners to repent. Amen. And not only does He expect us to repent, He expects us to begin to follow after Him and to walk after Him and to become holy. That don't mean you're going to be holy overnight. But my God, if you've been serving God for 20 years and you're still battling with the same old things that you always have, then I want to question this morning, are you smelling Jesus anymore in your life? It's His presence, His fragrance. Is it there? You see, when I was an old drug addict and I was lost as I could be, that Sunday night I sat under, sat under that anointed man of God that preached that gospel and the Holy Ghost dealt with this old boy to come to that altar. When I went down to that altar and I confessed my sins and God saved my life, when I got up from there, I can tell you I didn't smell the cigarette smoke anymore. I didn't smell what the, the, the drugs that I left behind. I didn't smell the, uh, the, the bongs that I had hid at the house. I didn't smell the lifestyle that I smelled when I went down to that order. No sorry, I got up from there, Brother Jared. I could smell Jesus. I, I could smell oil. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost had come upon my life and had freed me of that sin. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Amen. He said, he won't, you won't smell it anymore. When was he here? He was here 
but because of sin and a refusal to repent. Here's what I will do. Amos prophesied. He said, this is what's going to happen. It's the same thing today, church. It hadn't changed. It hadn't changed. It's the same thing today. If we continue in our sin, if we continue to go down the road that God has not chosen us to go and we refuse to repent, Jesus will not allow you to smell his presence any longer. Some of you is in a famine in your life and you need to repent before God this morning so that the Holy Ghost can come upon you. Look at verse 23. Take thou away. Take thou away from me the noise of the songs, for I will not hear the melody any longer. You see, there's churches that were singing praise music, singing the worship. No church. Close the doors. COVID-19. Not going to have it anymore. Close the doors. It's important, church, for us to repent. It's It's important for us to hear the word of the Lord. It's important for us that we don't stay in a famine. If you're living in a place where there's a famine, get out of that place and go somewhere where there's life this morning. Amen. As I begin to try to close this, somebody come help me. I want us to look this morning at a couple other things. You see, the Bible says it this way. In Leviticus chapter 11. Chapter 11, verses 44 and 45. Look what the Word of God says. For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Verse 45. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt. Egypt is a type of sin. Egypt is a type of bondage. God's telling his people, I'm the Lord God that brought you up out of that land. You see, when God brought me up out of that land that night of drug addiction in my life, he didn't expect me to turn around and go back to it. He said, I have brought you out of that lifestyle. What else did he go on to say? He said this, to be your God and you shall therefore be holy. For I am holy. You say, well, I could never be holy. Yes, you can. Not through yourself, but through a life where the oil flows down on your head every day. Through a life of repentance. When the Holy Ghost puts his finger on something in our lives, it's time, church, to deal with that thing that he's put his finger on. You say to me this morning, well, that's Old Testament. Yeah, that's Old Testament. But let's look at what the New Testament says. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13 through 16. Wherefore, gird up thy loins of your mind. Listen to this. Be sober. That don't mean be drunk. That's be sober. Leave off the whiskey. Leave off the beer. Leave off the wine. Leave off whatever is causing you not to be sober. Leave off the drugs. Leave off the sin that easily besets you this morning, church. Be sober. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see the revelation that night for me of Jesus Christ and what he had done at that altar brought me out of a lifestyle of sin. That's what God expects out of each and every one of us and the world. When he brings us out of that life, he brings us to a revelation of Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, It was ignorance that caused us to be that way, right? The enemy blindfolds our eyes and gets us entangled in a life of sin. Brother Justin, before you really started pressing in and seeking God, you probably thought you was a good old boy and had everything going your way, and if you died, you was going to heaven, right? But when you begin to press into Christ, he began to separate you some things out of your life, didn't he? I can look to that young man right there, and I see Christ Jesus in him. I can look across this congregation to many of you here and I see Christ Jesus in your life. But you see what happened? Their obedience, the lust that they were once in God because of their ignorance. But God, who has called you, is holy. And He said this, So be ye holy in all manners of conversation. That don't mean when something don't go your way or to your liking or make you upset about something that your conversation is supposed to go south. 
And you tell somebody like it is because you can. I said, Christ said to be holy, church. Be holy. I didn't say be perfect. Because it's written, be ye holy, for I am holy. He's saying you were ignorant before. In other words, you didn't know any better. But Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, has come to show you the one that has called you to be separate and called you to be holy. He is holy. Now let's follow Him and be like Him. Enough already with half-hearted Christianity. Let me see how close I can live to the world and still live like the church. Let me live with one foot in and one foot out. Eventually you're going to fall off the ledge. Christ desires this morning for us to be holy. I really feel like this is important. I know I've read a lot, but I really, if I got just a minute, can I just, just, just a minute to read? Let's look. I want you to turn with me. Romans chapter 6. You say, you're, you're preaching a gospel this morning, or you're preaching without the grace of God. No, I'm not. I'm telling you, the grace of God leads us to repentance, church. The grace of God. When I do something in my life that's not right, I thank God for the presence of the Holy Ghost inside of me that says, Son, that's not right. He may not do it right to start with, or I may ignore it for a little while. But if He keeps on, I know that it's God, and I know I better do something about it. Church, it's too easy to sweep things under the rug and let them go. It's time for the Church of America to repent again. I meant to bring my NIV this morning. Anybody got one? NIV with you? Chapter 6, Romans. Can I borrow yours, buddy? I, I just want to read it out of this. Don't lose your place. I might go find it again. I just felt like when I read it out of this this morning, it was like, man, that's good. I want to, I want to read it out of that, and I forgot to bring that. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Jesus, help. Romans chapter 6. Listen to this. Don't get lost, but listen. Listen to what Jesus tells us. What shall we say then? You got saved? You got born again? Should you go on sinning? So that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? You see, that night that I got born again, and you could put yourself in that same place, you died to sin. Your life of sin should have died at that altar. That don't mean that you'll never make another mistake and never sin again. But should you continue on and on and on in that sin and say, well, grace is going to forgive me, Jesus is going to forgive me? No, come out of your sin. How can we live in it any longer? Don't you know that all who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death. We were therefore buried with Him through the baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. If we have been united with Him like this in His death, we certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body of sin might be done away that we should no longer be a slave to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin does that sound like a life to you of continuing on in your sin that's New Testament that's the writings of Paul He's telling us there's a death that takes place at salvation and you're no longer to be a part of that life that you once were Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. I can tell you, i got evil desires in my life. You have too. But you're not supposed to obey them and neither am I. He has given us the power to say no to sin in our life. 
Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master. Because you're not under the law, you're under grace. Grace teaches us not to allow sin to be our master. Church, I encourage you to go on and read the rest of that chapter. It's powerful. Jesus told me, said just as there was things in your heart before you preached this message that I had to put my finger on. There's things in that congregation this morning. I don't know who you are. Don't know where you came from. Don't know any of that. But I'm telling you, we try to hide sin. You may hide it from everybody you know, but you're not hiding it from Jesus. Jesus knows your heart. He knows mine. He knows everything you did this week and everything you're thinking about doing next week that don't line up with His Word. Jesus said, you confront sin. Church, I believe with all of my heart, stand with me, that God desires to send revival. I believe that God desires to send revival to this church and to this land. It doesn't matter if no other churches get on board with what I'm saying this morning. I was sent here to preach this word to us. If we'll repent and we'll allow space for God this morning in this house, that's enough for God to begin to do a work. This is the season. This is the hour. Amen. It's no coincidence that I'm preaching this today, that it lines up everything. I didn't plan this. I didn't have no idea that this would be the day this word would be preached. But Jesus did. It lines up with the Jewish holidays. I'm telling you, this is a season of repentance that God ordained. If we'll repent and we'll allow God to move in our lives, there's no telling what's about to take place in these next few days. In these next few seasons. I believe that God wants to squish this plague. They're saying coronavirus is going to be worse in the winter. I don't believe that it has to be. Just as God sent this plague and sent this to Amos and told Amos to prophesy that this would be what would happen, I believe the Holy Ghost has sent me here this morning to say this. If my church will repent, if people will repent, if people will fall on their faces before me, I can remove that plague and I'll send a revival to that land. Church, it's time. Time to remove the masks, literally, and speak the truth in love. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're lost this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Amen. I want to invite you to come to this altar this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. If you're backslidden this morning and you say, I'm away from God. I was serving Him one time, but now I'm not sure. I felt the Holy Ghost put His finger on my heart this morning. Preacher, I need to find a place to repent. Then I would run to this altar this morning and allow me to help you pray. And let's just believe God this morning for your life. If you feel like this morning that God has spoke to you in your life and you need to find somewhere to pray, cry out to Jesus and repent and these altars are open, amen Father I thank you for your word God I thank you for helping me this morning to release what you put in me God God I ask you Lord to move on our lives this morning God let us not be so proud God that we think we don't have to find a place to repent God I know we can repent in our seats that's fine wherever God you just speak to our hearts and let us confess our faults God that we may be healed of the sin that easily besets us this morning God in Jesus name